everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Do I Make You Uncomfortable with Morgan and Sarah. I'm Morgan and that's Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> she tried to do a different one last time and it wasn't different. So she tried to do it and it just wasn't the it, same. It was, it was the same, but not the same. I don't know. Shit, I don't yeah. know. No, the short Sarah is not okay. You've got to sing it. Sarah. Oh, yeah. Sarah, oh, you're <laughs> Storms are brewing in your eyes my whole life. <laughs> so, we just recorded uh, another one and had to take a little potty break and, and open up all our cans of truly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> we don't want to do it on here because we're sitting at my table tonight and recording, and the sound is phenomenal. It's so We're good. We're doing so You're going to hear click clicks from the dogs. dogs. You might hear a little, there was some barking I mean, in the last Gibby one. might roll over hard, and you might hear that. Yeah. Uh, Kevin just slammed herself down on the floor, and I heard it. So. You could hear Mr. Jenner's eye roll from earlier oh, when he rolled his eyes at me to turn the air conditioner down. <laughs> his fucking phone. Oh my <laughs> Oh my god. I cannot yeah. believe I have to turn down the sit fucking air conditioner. I have to sit here. He's not down. even Oh, he's not even He's over not there. even over there. We're talking <laughs> shit on him still. It's fine. We warned him that we were going to. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a little warm in here, Sarah said. <laughs> so, we're at my house, but sound sounds great. Sounds good. Um, good. Okay, I have a question for you. I'm reading a book called The Psychopath Within. Have you ever read it? No. You're going to have to borrow it because it's so interesting. So, okay, I have to preface this with, I got a box of books from um, a previous veteran nurse in the department who was also a sexual assault nurse. Oh. And um, it has, like, a book in it that said, like, men who rape and, like, books like that. And (laughs) Mr. Generous (laughs) was looking inside and he goes, you cannot put those on the bookshelf. And I was like, they're going to have to give me a bookshelf for my office because they're going to go up, especially after I read them. Like, once I read them, they go up on a shelf because I've read them. And so, oh, and I found this vintage place that has a, I found a vintage, uh, old school vintage book that is, um, like, The Physiology of Narcotics and Alcohol. It's like an antique book. Yeah. And the lady who owns the shop, I was like, do you have any other, like, anatomy, physiology books? She's like, no, but when I go, I'll take a look. And I was like, you'll call me can I leave you my number (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway I'm reading this book but it's like all about the brain physiology of psychopaths and the doctor that does it is a of course a neurologist but he was looking at all of these scans and they were all coded so he didn't know whose was whose and it was all his family he had done like control scans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've I've heard of this study. Yes. Yeah. And he was looking at it, and there was one in there that was um, that represented a, a psychopathic brain. Yes. And it was his. his. Yes. Yeah. It's so interesting. And he talks about you know how they talk about nature and nurture, and so there's a form of like nature and nurture that plays a role in psychopathy and the way that somebody can have resilience, and so. Um, he just did like the anatomy of the brain and we, like has a bunch of scans in it. So I was reading this morning when I was drinking my coffee. It's so interesting. So I literally just had it. to have a conversation. I don't know if I, I think I, yeah, I told you this, uh, with a, um, rule, rule, a police officer. Rural. 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 I hate that word. <laughs> rural. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Police officer. The, the undersheriff that yeah. you were telling me about? Yeah. Yeah, okay. who I had a... You know it's roll when they're an undersheriff. Yeah, I had a child come in who had been sexually assaulted by another child. So in our area, under the age of 10... And I don't know if that's a, across the board, like across the United States, but under the age of 10, interesting to see the quote-unquote perpetrator, which we try not to call them perpetrators when they're that young, um, but the quote-unquote perpetrator, um, if they're under 10, can't have criminal charges pressed against them. Well, and if you think about it, if they're engaging in that behavior, it's a learned behavior. Yeah. There's no way Which was the conversation old. I had to have with him because the perpetrator was seven, and he said to me, Sounds like this seven-year-old says to me, and the victim's mom. Wasn't it foster mom? Didn't you tell me they no, had was, been removed from that home? She was his foster mom, but she was also his aunt. They were been removed from her sister's home. Right, okay. So that makes it, like, what were they removed from the home? Oh, you know what I, mean? I know like, why they were removed from the okay, home, too. Okay, well, see. Yeah. And, and, but it didn't have anything to do with, like, sexual charges or anything like that. It was all drugs and stuff like that. But... But... but she said that the household itself was not safe um, and was, you know, a huge issue. But he says, I just feel like that seven-year-old needs to have a good backhand, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, I don't, because, like, nobody's born this way. We aren't born to do mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. Your brain is This is a is learned made. behavior. Yeah, you could, you could have genetic predisposition to that, but... Absolutely, but... At seven, you're usually not displaying that. Right. I, you yeah, don't have the rare cases to yeah. display that behavior. Yeah, and rare cases, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, but, ugh, yeah, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all you can say about funny it. Funny story, though. Okay. Not about. Another one? Because yeah. you just told me a I, real good one. I know. This is, oh, a, this is you a can probably hear quick clicking and the dog walking around. Gibby got bored with us. Um, so we have a puppy, you know. Uh, and you're really happy with right now. I want to return him. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm outside my drink out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so he's a disaster and a half. Uh, he's not even six months old yet. We got him when he was eight weeks old. The other day he was standing on the arm of our couch. Um, he's almost as big as our two year old dog, by the way, who's very large. Nope. Oh, here we go. I'm just talking about dogs. They got worried. <laughs> He's standing on the, the arm of our couch, looking out our window on the front. And I was sitting, we have a like kind of a sectional couch. I was sitting in the middle of the couch and he's just losing his mind barking. And normally he does that. <laughs> Somebody scratching Oh my gosh, you can hear it really well. Yeah, you See, can. our sound is so good. Our sound is Whoa. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Stop. Okay, so he's sitting on the arm of the couch, and he's, like, losing his ever-loving mind. And I was like, what is... I'm, like, looking out the window. We live on a dead end, so not much happens down our street. And so Max is, like... Max gets real invested in this, and he's like, what's going on? <laughs> and he, like, runs over there, and yeah, he's, like, looking out the window. Each other. <laughs> and he's like... He stops, looks at Keith, like, what the fuck are you barking at? <laughs> Looks back outside, and it was just like... I'm a disinterested, thank what? you. No, he just was so confused, because he was like, what is this cat seeing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> this cat. <laughs> 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 so, 
that he's on, uh-huh. the, on the couch so that Max can get into full view <laughs> and see what's going on. And Max still is like looking at him, looking back outside. So finally, he won't calm down. So finally, I take him. I'm like, I open up the front door and I take him outside. And he runs over to my political signs in my in my yard and starts losing his mind on one of the political signs that I'd put up that day. It was new in his area. He couldn't handle it. But the best part was Max. He was just like, what are you you barking at? Yeah, of course, because when one of them starts, the other one has to go see what it is. Oh, yeah, that's these two as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Okay, so um, we are doing part number two of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial today. It's going to have to be three parts. Sarah is not happy with me. Like, earlier when I texted her this, like, I was an hour and a half in on research. Like, hour 45 minutes it took me to do the, the John, just the witnesses on Johnny Depp's side. And I was like... I was like, I don't feel like we need to cover it in this in-depth. <laughs> but they're all... They all play a role. And so I was like, there's no way. So it's going to have to be three parts just because I don't want to leave anything out. I think what's going to happen is we're going to do two parts. I'm going to throw a small soda in there. And then we'll, we'll do, do a third part. A third part. Unless... We can get the third part done, and then maybe it'll be a bonus for you. And then a, a bonus episode. I think we're gonna have a lot of episodes coming up, like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. So because there's some other stuff that we want to cover. Oh yeah, definitely. That is in the news in the media currently, and I think that we it would be nice to get that kind of stuff done. My bad. You could hear yeah, it. Stop. Oh, it was like right by the mic. Yeah. If you wouldn't just slam your can down. I didn't. That's I why I got. I didn't slam. I, I said gently set it down. Do you see my cans are all sitting on a paper oh towel? <laughs> well, I'm not picking that one up now because I already did it. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Okay. So I got all of this information from Newsweek because they had a list of his and like a good synopsis of each one. But I remember seeing some of the significant... Um, like pieces to it so we'll kind of get in we'll talk there'll be sidebars definitely because like there are some things that we I was going to be completely quiet the whole time I wasn't going to say shut the fuck up yeah right okay so there are 28 oh no I have four and a half you guys she ran out of paper on her notepad and she wrote on the back like cardboard piece of her notepad Twenty nine. They had twenty nine witnesses on Johnny Depp's side. Just for Johnny Depp. Yeah, including Jesus him. Christ. Yeah. Okay. So, but the, did he testify first, or did she testify no. first? Oh, his, his team testified first. Yeah. Okay. So his witnesses testified first. Yes. Because the original charge was against him, and then he countersuited, or how? I mean, like, why did they pick him first? Is it because he has a penis? Why? What's going on? Uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that question because okay. this would be civil, not criminal. So right. I wonder if it's because he, he was pressing the charges. She pressed him. No, no he pressed It's first. the libel That's case right. for him. And then she countersued it. Correct. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, okay. So this is Johnny Depp's team. The first uh, witness was his sister, Christy Dombrowski. Um, and so of course, um, you know, she spoke on behalf of him, and there wasn't really a whole lot to her testimony. Just like she's a character witness, it's a sister. There just wasn't a whole lot in depth about that. So, can you bring in character in a civil trial yes. easier than you can in a criminal trial? Did we talk about there that was last a couple time? character witnesses for okay. him? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, I guess we should probably explain we character witness. last time. I feel like, but yeah. So it's testifying. 
to somebody's character and right. who they are. And, you know, we did talk about um, a rebuttal witness because you can't bring some stuff into a trial. There's just some stuff that's not relevant. Kind of like we talked about the Kate Moss thing. And um, and so character witness, I, it's, it's easier to bring them into a civil trial. Um, but they, they speak to the person's, you know, personality and character and, and who they are and, and those kinds of things. So she was more of a character witness and it was a sister, so... And at criminal trials, you can't bring in character witnesses unless for the, you can't bring in a character witness for the defense unless prosecution brings up their character. Yeah. So you can't, I can't say, oh, Morgan was the best forensic nurse ever as if Morgan was the defendant Mm -hmm. unless prosecution came in and said, but Morgan sucked at her job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but it's much easier if you are, if like the state is pressing charges. So, say it's a, yeah. a sexual yeah. assault matter. They there are some um, rape shield laws. I was going to say character is a little hard on. Yeah. On, uh, but they can really attack that person on the stand. So, um, yeah. So the next one um, was Isaac Baruch, B A R U C H Baruch. Baroque. B-A-R-U-C-H, yeah. So this was an artist and a neighbor of them. Um, and <clears throat> Kevin is just... I know, you can hear the click clack, click clack. Could you lay down, sweet girl? Um, and so um, they lived in the Eastern Columbia building, which is a high-rise in Hollywood. And he had a couple of different condos in that facility. Because I think we talked about last time because how he her, allowed her best, her best friend to live in it. Yeah. So, um, he was an artist and a neighbor, and um, so Amber said Johnny threw a phone at her, and he, he um, saw her. Sorry, guys, you're going to hear the clickety-clack. Um, that is this podcast world. <laughs> Did she? She's, oh, oh. Can she get through? Uh, I think she she's through. through. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, she said she, he, Johnny threw at her, and then he saw her very shortly after and said she had no injuries. And then Brandon Patterson, who is the Eastern Columbia building manager, um, and both Amber Heard and Johnny Depp lived in this building. So um, he said that after he, they separated, or while they were—I t- mean, it would while, they were while they were together, together, yeah, they while the they were building. together, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he said, so this was confirmed by CCTV too in the building. There's like eighty different oh, cameras sh- in the building. I'm sure if Johnny Depp owns. A couple of places there that places yeah so he said he saw Whitney who is her who is her sister it's Amber Heard's sister Whitney Heard um, saw them laughing and joking on the camera and throwing fake punches and so um, Johnny Depp's team claimed it was to feign abuse um, and it appeared in the video you could see what they were doing so they used that as evidence against her oh there she goes oh good we're down now <laughs> I'm sure you heard the flop I also have never seen a pigeon toed dog before She's so cute. Okay, go ahead. She is cute. Um, The fourth one was Gina uh, Dieters. Dieters? D-E-A-T-E-R-S. I might not be able to read my uh, handwriting very well. Uh, Oh, Duders. D-E-U-T-E-R-S. Because she was the wife of Stephen Duders, who was an employee for Johnny Depp. Um, But, duty. But her testimony was actually stricken from the record due to um, a social media post that she made in 2021 um, that was brought to court by Amber Heard's friend, Eva Barlow. 
However, she was in the audience. So she was sitting in the audience this Eva Barlow was. And um, she brought the evidence forward in the courtroom, but then she was banned from the courtroom because there was a strict no phones policy. So Gina Duders, um, her testimony was stricken from the record based on a social media post, but it said anything that was from 2021. So I don't know if there was like um, miscommunication or whatever happened, but the person who brought the information forward was in the audience. And so she was banned from the courtroom for the rest of the proceedings. Um, and then Kate James, which was his former assistant, she had a pre-recorded deposition and she described Heard as abusive and belligerent and that she used psychedelic mushrooms, ecstasy, and cocaine. So she admitted to a lot of drug use, but then denied a lot as well. So He had a jar. Huh? He had a jar. Oh my God, the jar. <laughs> and did you see the photo um, of the table? Because it had like three lines on the table and it was like, I think Johnny Depp's team tried to portray that it was a it was set up that morning for uh -huh. her to take a picture. So uh, Amber Heard took a picture of the table and said, "This is how my this is this is my morning or something like that," and sent it to Rocky Pennington, her best friend. And so they tried to come in and say that it was um, set up the table because she talked about how dirty everything was and. Or and was so, her morning the fact that she was doing three lines of fucking coke also? Yeah, that's, I think that was what they were trying, like, sh her side was saying that it was Johnny's and um, that they had been doing the coke the night before. Yeah, and he had a jar. A jar. <laughs> I got a jar of dirt. <laughs> I got a jar of dirt. That's all I thought of the whole time. I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Okay. Um, and then she said um, that... Amber Heard had a kick the dog kind of relationship with her sister Whitney. So I know the last episode we talked about her past, um, a lot of information was brought up about the abuse against her sister and more than one person testified to this abuse. Her sister did not testify to that abuse though, did she? No, she didn't. So did she lie under oath? Probably. Okay. Because um, her former employer who she lived with testified Whitney? to seeing it Whitney, yes her sister Amber's, Amber's sister Whitney her former employer who Whitney lived with for a long time but this like kick the dog kind of relationship was really like it was commonplace in all of the testimony so um and then we go to witness six Laurel Anderson and so she was Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's therapist in 2015 and described the abuse as what mutual mutual abuse she doesn't think of the word. <laughs> I was like, you looked at me like, well, no, it's because I just looked at the screen and I saw the word frequent. Well, it was that too. F R E Q and oh, which is frequency. frequency. Yeah. But I, I was thinking frequent and I was like, that too. Frequent? Mutual. 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 <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> mutual. Yeah. 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 So she described their abuse as mutual, but then she also said, uh, oh, shoot. I lost my space. Um, Your space? She, my space. She testified that uh, Johnny would try to de-escalate the violence more often than Amber, but that they both instigated physical confrontations. Um, and so this is a quote. Anderson believed Depp, who had never been violent with previous partners, was triggered by Amber Heard, who she said started fights to keep him there rather than let him walk away and de-escalate a situation. So let's talk a little bit about this because this is 
um, often termed a trauma response in a domestic violence relationship where the victim, which is what I feel like she was trying to say, was that Johnny was often, more often the victim and would respond to Amber, which is a trauma response, right? You have a trauma response to something, but um, you respond with physical violence as well. And so a lot of times somebody who is, um, who's in a relationship and then they respond with equal force or violence, um, it's, it's seen as a mutual, mutual violence. But sometimes it may have been because he was triggered and was reacting with violence. I kind of feel this in my soul, and here's why. Okay. Um, because I grew up in a very tumultuous house. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of yelling and arguing always. And then I found in my relationships and, you know, lots of therapy later, that I love to argue and yell. And Chris does not, he doesn't respond to the arguing and stuff like that. He shuts down and walks away. And um, I'm like, fuck no, 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 no. Get your ass back in here. We're fucking yelling about this, okay? Like, this is not how this goes. <laughs> Um, first fact, of all, stop. That's not healthy. Right. In <laughs> fact, not my, a good, that's a trauma response. My huge ass fucking text message that I sent him the other day. Oh, yeah. Fucking screaming, yelling in the text message. Um, my response I got was. Did you hear that? Yeah. My Did response I got was, okay. Uh, which is what it would have been in person also. Right? Yeah. But I was like, no, yeah. no. I need you to fight with me. And so I, like on the Amber Heard side of things, she was probably like instigating 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 this fight because she's like i need to fucking fight and johnny's like nope i can't do this i'm not doing this don't get me there yeah and she's like no no i'm gonna fucking get yeah. you there and then she got in there and she was like oh i didn't like that. i don't I like, like that, that. <laughs> i didn't want to get there not there yeah. yeah yeah and so i just i feel like that that's probably very similar have i said the correct word for it where you have I don't feel like I've said the correct word for it. Why, mm -hmm. I, why am I not finding it? The, like, the uh, trauma response? Yeah, but um, you know when, when somebody who's in a domestic violence re relationship, they don't, don't face away from the microphone and oh, talk. I'm sorry. You know, okay. like when somebody's in a domestic violence relationship and they respond with violence? Yeah, I mean, it's a trauma response I still. know, but what's it called? I don't know. Off the top, do you want me to Google yeah. it? Yeah. I'll Google it while you're... Okay. Um, so anyway, like him needing to walk away from the situation was to deescalate himself and then be able to have a conversation about, um, the, the argument and she just never let him do that. So, um, that was often what happened where, um, there was a situation where in the testimony where they discussed them being outside of. What is it? PTSD is what it's saying. No, that's not it. <laughs> um, he, they were outside of his children's mother's house, I think. And he just wanted to go in. He was going to go in and see his daughter. And she just, like, would not let him leave. And they were, like, in the car. And he just, like, wanted to go in and see Lily Rose. And that was a huge conversation because she reported that she didn't know he was going to go in or that his kids were in there or something. But um, then they talked about it a little bit more 
and I think she got caught in a lie that time where um, there was, he said, I just want to go inside and see my kids. So it's just really calling it PTSD. Okay. That's not what it's called, but I'll think about it in a minute. Okay. So the next uh, witness, witness number seven was Dr. David Kipper. He is, um, he does internal medicine, but he has a subspecialty in addiction medicine in Hollywood. Um, he diagnosed up with... I bet he's got a fucking busy job. Oh, anyway, yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. In Hollywood? <sighs> Gross. Um, he uh, diagnosed up with ADHD, bipolar, insomnia, substance dependence, and chronic reflux. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Just like... I was like, mm, that's because he's an internal medicine doctor. <laughs> like, well, chronic reflux. <laughs> also, I'm sure the alcohol right. and the cocaine don't help with <laughs> don't that help. chronic fucking reflux. <laughs> or reflex. Reflux. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, so he uh, denied witnessing the abuse personally, but then described seeing the after- aftermath in Australia with blood and broken glass around the house. And... Um, so when they talked about Australia, this was like when his finger was severed, that's where it happened was at the Australian house. He has a private Island there with the house and all that good stuff. So I guess the kids were present for some of the abuse because he had an Island manager that we'll talk about in just a minute, um, who had to like arrange for the kids to fly out and get back. So that's really concerning if they're seeing that abuse because that's considered child abuse as well. So I'm wondering if this Dr. Kipper and his nurse, Debbie Lloyd, that we'll talk about in just a minute, um, if they made a mandated report because... I was just wondering the same yeah, thing. Like, because if she had to get him out and they were on the island and they saw all of this... We'll talk about it in just a minute. Um, so I mentioned the nurse, Debbie Lloyd, which she worked with Dr. Kipper, um... And she said that their relationship was toxic and also witnessed the aftermath of the house in Australia in 2015. Um, And she helped look for Johnny Depp's severed finger. Uh, And she talks about this writing on the walls um, and a destroyed television. And I'll have to send you the picture. I saved it. Um, But I'll have to send you this picture because it's on a mirror. I didn't see where it was on the walls, but it's on a mirror. And you know how, like, I wrote, like, messages on the mirrors to the kids in uh, dry erase? That's what it looked like. But in one of them, it was like notes, but it looked very scattered, kind of like schizophrenic. I would, I Mm, would mm -hmm. equate it to schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. but if you have bipolar and you're also doing drugs, then you could totally have those flight of ideas and incoherent thoughts and those kinds of things. So that's what I would equate it to. And it looked a little bit creepy, but there was a note that said, call Carly. And I think it's, it said S I M M, but I couldn't tell. She said it better, babe. And so, you know, I don't know if it's lyrics or what it was, but that was writing on the mirror. So. He doesn't have an Australian. Not anymore. Then there was Ben King, um, Johnny Depp's house manager. And when he came to the house in Australia, he heard hysterical sobbing and then he entered the house or when he entered the house he heard it and then saw dr kipper looking through the bin for for johnny's severed finger and Mm. the trash can that's the bin if you don't know um 
Just like a biscuit. <laughs> like a biscuit. It's a bin. A bin for rummage. Right? Rummage? Rubbage. Rubbage. Thank you. That didn't sound right for a minute. Because it, it wasn't. He doesn't have an island in Australia. He has a home in Australia. He had a home in Australia. And he, had an, he has an island in the Bahamas. Oh. He has a home in Australia. Okay. So when we get to her, I'll just tell you what it said. Okay. Sorry. Because uh, I wanted to... I was like, what fucking island off of Australia does he own? Because there's not many. Oh, it might be the Bahamas. I maybe just associated it with Australia. Hang on, that's a little lower down. We're still only on nine. She's 14. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> there's 28. Um, okay, so uh, his house manager. So we're going to be doing this for the next No, we're not. Weeks. Shut up. Um, his house manager actually found the limb, the severed, or severed finger, and put it on ice. I wrote, side note, you don't ever put the limb directly on ice. Not on ice. You put it in a bag. Wrap it in a moist towel first. Yeah. Put it inside a Ziploc baggie, and then put that Ziploc baggie on ice. Don't ever put the, the, the severed limb or appendage, whatever it might be, if you're Lorena Bobbitt. <clears throat> she just threw that shit out the window. She did, but they had reattached it. I know. I don't know how. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I didn't remember this. Yeah, and I listened to, to it. He has to use a pump to pump it up now for his pornos. Yeah, he was a porn star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think now. Not anymore. I, I mean, not anymore. You said now. He's like 90 <laughs> like, years I was going to say, could you imagine? He probably can't pump it up. He's not strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> or dementia set in, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, so one of the things that was interesting about him testifying is that Amber Heard's on, on redirect or cross on cross, um, cross examination, Amber Heard's lawyer, which is okay. So if you don't know, let me just explain that. Um, you get to present your witness. So I have my witness and then the opposition's lawyers get to question them after you. That's a cross examination. And then your lawyers get to redirect, quote-unquote. So um, they get to, like, clarify things that the defense maybe tried to confuse or, or things like that. So the defense, she would have been the defense in this situation, which is so interesting because I feel like when I was watching, she sat on the right side and he sat on the left, and all I've ever seen is prosecution sit on the right and defense sit on the left, so maybe it's civil. But anyway. Um, or maybe it's just this fucked-up case. True, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, true. So her lawyers asked Ben King a question. He answered, and then they objected to his answer that they asked. Um, and it was, like, a huge deal because they were trying to make his those lawyers look incompetent, like they were stupid. But in all actuality, I guess that happens often where you ask a question, and then they try to have it stricken from the record. Mm -hmm. Instead of objection, he should have asked to have it stricken from the record. So. Right. That's what it was. So, um, next witness was Keenan Wyatt, number 10. He was the onset radio tech for Johnny Depp in the 1990s. And he was a friend of his. And they fall, fell out of friendship. And I remember seeing how sad um, they that um, Keenan was about losing him as a friend. And you could see the mutual sadness in both of them when he was testifying. And he kind of talked about his friendship. He was a character witness as well. But he talked about his friendship and all that good stuff. But he was a audio tech for him in the 90s. 
Um, and he testified that Johnny Depp gave Amber Heard the cold shoulder on a flight where she claimed that Johnny Depp was abusive. So they were all on a flight at this one time. Um, and this was, of course, he wasn't his, his um, audio tech at the time. Bring his own fucking audio text with him? He was a friend at the time. And they right. fell out of friendship during this relationship. And I think this had something to do with it. But Amber Heard said that Johnny was abusive to her, physically abusive to her on that flight. And he said, that's not true. I was on that flight. And there was never any physical abuse. Um, and he actually gave her the cold shoulder on the flight. So not only was there not any physical abuse, but he didn't even acknowledge her it, yeah, on the flight. Yeah, disengage. Which a lot of times, if he wasn't engaging with her, he, you know, she would initiate more um, aggression, aggression and, and, you know, try to get that fight. So the next one, uh, 11, was Sean Bett. It was Johnny Depp's security guard. Um, he never witnessed any violence toward each other, but he said the relationship was constant arguing and bickering. And then he also shared images of Johnny Depp's injuries in March and December. I don't know what years. It didn't say what years. But I think this was the one where they were in the restaurant. And you could see his black eyes. He had, like, black oh, eyes. Oh, yeah. And they tried to say that Amber tried to say on the stand something about how he didn't have any injuries. But you could clearly see that he had, like, black eyes in the photo. So um, I think that's, that, that's what they were. But it didn't give me a year for those photos. <laughs> Oh, my Lanta. Kevin, there's literally nothing out there. <laughs> there's literally nothing. <laughs> no, he's saving us from ourselves. Um, okay, 12 was Travis McGiven, and it was a member of Johnny Depp's security team, and he reports seeing Amber Heard throw a Red Bull can at Johnny Depp and hit him in the back and saw her spit at him. So, um, yeah, it's your phone because I just heard yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so... He is, like, a long, white-bearded, bald man. And he was, like, cool, calm, and collected, like you would think. I just got <laughs> All over you. Calm, cool, calm, cool, collected. Like you would think a security guard needed to be, you know, like yeah. that stoic, yeah. you know. Um, I hope that you could visualize my, <laughs> my sound. <laughs> my sound. But um, at one point, uh, and a lot of times defense will ask this question isn't it correct they'll say isn't it correct it's a common way for them to ask questions because then you're more likely to agree with what they're saying and he listened really well and to testify and he said no that's not correct at all just like calm and stoic and everybody was like you know that was like one of those poignant moments too so then johnny himself testified and that went on for a few days and what's interesting is they actually gave this trial time limits did you know that no. did you know they could give trials time limits no yeah and each side had a to incur that more often Fuck. each side had a certain amount of time and toward the end johnny's team had like I'm probably going to say the wrong amount of hours and somebody's going to be like, that's not how much I was. But I think it was like 12 hours or something. Maybe even more. And Amber's team had like two left. 
for oh left i was like i felt like that trial went left. on way longer than 12 hours <laughs> left okay and this is like toward the end and then i remember for closing arguments they had like 30 minutes or something like that they had a very slim amount of time for closing arguments amber's team i did. wonder if that's a civil thing i bet it is i bet it is i don't know we would have we could, to we, we would have to get our up. defense attorney back on and ask her some yeah some of those questions like the difference between she's a criminal defense yeah, but attorney i wonder if know. she would know the civil statutes Okay, so then okay, so attorneys know everything about. You could look up like I know everything about (laughs) nerd. Talk to chemo, like yeah. Would you be able to oncology? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) Okay, so look up Tara Robert Roberts. Um, She was his private island manager. Uh, So she was the first to witness. She was the first witness after Johnny Depp to take the stand. And she said she never saw injury on Amber, but did see a bruised nose on Johnny after Amber threw a can Noticed. at him. What? Noticed. You said nosed. Oh, oh it's because I put nose. Oh. Yeah. She did see a bruise on bruised nose on Johnny. Uh, the island's location, Indigo Island. And its location seems to be undisclosed and very effectively guarded. So we don't know where the island is. (laughs) Effectively. (laughs) That was according to... That was April of 2022. Oh, okay. So, okay, let me try this again. She never saw injury on Amber, but did see a bruised nose on Johnny after Amber threw a can at him and definitely witnessed verbal abuse. Okay, and for her, under cross-examination, which is when, so she was a Johnny Depp witness, this is when Amber's team, Everything is saying Bahamas. Okay. Then it must is where the Bahamas. island is. He has a home in Australia in Perth. Which, Perth. That's interesting. That's I wonder why he chose Australia. I No, I just wonder why he chose Perth. Perth isn't generally, like, where the celebrities are. Maybe that's why he chose yeah, Perth. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. Because they're usually, like, over in, like... Byron Bay, like Brisbane area, because of the coast over there. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, so it must be the Bahamas then. Like I know a whole lot of shit. I just like <laughs> you knew more than I did. That's where the Hemsworths live, and oh, or from maybe that's not they're where from. they're from, but that's where they, they live. Have homes. Maybe that's that's a, where their dad. Maybe lives, that's like so. um, like Hollywood for us. Byron Bay, yeah, is um. It's really, like, uh, from what I'm understanding, is like, a, a lot of, like, surf. Like, it's very beachy and all that kind of stuff. And mm. it's not very far from Brisbane. Uh, it's not a very large community. But I know that they were kind of throwing a little bit of a fit with Zac Efron possibly moving there. Because they didn't want all the publicity and all the paparazzi. Oh, that's interesting. But so they maybe do it's have a lot. Like... No, they did have a lot of celebrities that lived there. But they just thought that... The onslaught of Zac Efron moving there was going to be a huge issue. Because they named, like, Matt Damon and I think Leo and just, like, a few other celebrities that were... Our friend Leo. No big deal. Yeah, our friend Leo. (laughs) Okay. So, under Cross, she spoke to a time when Johnny fell face down on his hammock and had to arrange for his children to be flown back. So, that's what I was talking about earlier, how they had to have been... I don't know, witness to the abuse, but he fell definitely first because he was just fucking done or because I didn't say, I think it was probably because he was intoxicated, 
probably because they had been arguing and fighting, which, you know, was the onslaught to his substance abuse. It was very connected. I which, mean, that's common. It was a resurgent of his substance but that's what abuse. I'm, that's what I'm saying is, like, the violence was connected to his substance abuse. It increased mm-hmm. um, when the violence was worse. Worse. We're on page three. Woo! Getting through it. Getting okay. through it. So, Powering through. 14 was a pre recorded testimony from three different people Melissa Sands, Tyler Haddon, and William Gatlin, all police officers. And they were called um, in May of 2016, which you'll remember she applied for the restraining order May 23rd of 2016. And they were called when? In May of 2016. This was right before okay. that. So. Um, they arrived uh, at the um, Columbia building where um, they were living. And, and the Columbia building is the one that was in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yes. I'm keeping all our facts straight over here, people. Keeping our facts straight. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it because I did write these things down several times. Like, yes, the Columbia building was in here. So they said they saw no signs of injury, nor could they um, tell identify that a crime had occurred so looking at her they didn't see any signs of injury well let's just talk about that for a minute though mm-hmm. because i mean even though i'm i'm <laughs> we all know what side i'm on <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely not a fan of amber Heard. i do believe that there was like mutual issues and stuff like that but like if i punched you what was the what were the crime that they were compl- they were claiming? So she had called for police, and um, there had been an argument, and this was when Rocky Pennington and her boyfriend at the time had come over, and it says that Amber is the one that called for police, but I think she she testified that she didn't call for that police. Ro- Rocky's boyfriend yes. did. She testified that he called for police. Yeah. So another lie. Anyway. <laughs> So, but, like, so I called to call records for right. PD. Yeah. Right. Uh, or maybe they were just saying that, like, on behalf of her, they called. Like, you know, she's the one that wanted them to call. But they didn't see any signs of injury. They didn't say that they didn't see any injury. They didn't see any signs of injury, nor could they pinpoint a crime that, that had occurred. Well, so of course they didn't see any signs of injury. I could strangle you right now and there won't be signs of injury. This is... Other uh, than you being disheveled. Remember her face that she took pictures of in oh, the Oh, this is house? that? This is that. Oh, well, fuck them. Fuck her. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't what I expected you to say, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so um, they saw no injury, couldn't identify her crime, but that she was crying and red with emotion and called her uncooperative. Um, and okay, so, but also devil's advocate there. Yes, I was just get. I wrote, um, thus discuss this because this is a term that's often used with victims. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. I get a lot of times, uh, like you're lying, they're lying, mm-hmm. or um, they're not cooperating because they're not acting in the exact manner that police would like for them to act. They're uncooperative. And their brain yeah. just isn't working right. the way that 
go back and listen to our neurobiology yeah, episode absolutely. lecture if you have any questions. Yeah, because if, you know... Because I'm, I'm not laying down memory at that point. You no, know I mean? absolutely not. And she probably couldn't lay down memory at that time. And, of course, she's, you know, crying in red with emotion if she's just been, you know, in an argument and it was this mutual abusive relationship. And so I'm sure her fight-or-flight response was activated and she was on high alert and all that good stuff. But... I really wanted to talk about that, those terms, because they'll call them uncooperated, uncooperative, Uncooperative. and, um, and it gets even worse if there are substances on board, right, and you have a victim, because not only are they uncooperative because of the trauma, but then also they're uncooperative, I'm using quotes, air quotes, because of the substances on board, Mm -hmm. so if she had any substances on board too, it's highly possible that she wasn't cooperating due to that. that. Yeah, Sorry, sure. I had a burp in the middle of that, and I didn't want to belt that out for you guys. <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to close the gap. I don't yeah. think it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so number 17. I'm excited to kind of talk about this one just a little bit. Dr. Shannon Curry. So she was the blonde um, hired forensic psychologist that they put on the stand for Johnny's team. And they compared her to the blonde forensic psychologist of Amber's, who was a fucking nightmare, let me tell you. When you're an expert witness, you prepare for trial in a way that you know your case forward and backward, especially if you're getting paid to testify. And especially in a high fucking profile case. Are you kidding me? Like we would we would probably prepare for this case for days. Days. For sure. And so Dr. Shannon Curry was on Johnny Depp's side. We'll talk a little bit about Amber's forensic psychologist because her testimony was up fucking nightmare and I'm not surprised that I'm kind of flying through this we'll probably spend a little more time on some of Amber's um that that psychiatrist (laughs) because they just I don't know anyway so her to be a forensic psychologist oh man it sounds really cool but they had her over to Johnny's house for dinner as an interview to see if they wanted to hire her for this position and I guess they served dinner, and there was, like, wine they, at dinner. Amber and Johnny? No. Uh, Johnny's uh, team? team. Not. That's not common. Okay. Not I was like, I thing. don't feel like that that's how that works. <laughs> Your <okay>. face <laughs> said it all, which is why I was like, it's not a common thing. Like, if I'm getting hired as an expert witness, I'm getting a phone call, I'm getting told what the case is about, and then I'm getting all of the facts. Because one of the things that she said, and the reason they brought up this dinner was... Because one, as a as an expert witness, you what you get, money. Oh, yeah, you get, you get paid. paid, and you get paid really well. You can charge really, yeah. really high fees as an expert witness. Uh, could you imagine how much she got paid? A lot. It was a lot of money, and that was brought up. And they said something about her being on his side, but she said something that was really important for an expert witness. She said. I am not on anybody's side. I am a fact finder. And so she uh, refuted Amber's claims of PTSD, um, saying that she um, overinflated her PTSD symptoms. Now, did she analyze, analyze, interview? She interviewed her. Amber? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And remember I told you that she diagnosed Amber with histrionic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. As I'm here shaking my head, no. Also, P.S. You're talking away from the mic. Oh, I'm again. sorry. Yeah. 
Okay, so do you remember when I told you that... I was shaking my head no the whole time. You were saying, do you remember when I told you? And I was like, no, I don't remember us recording last time. <laughs> okay, histrionic... <laughs> personality Personality. So a lot of people um, would say things like, uh, she was narcissistic, but histrionic personality disorder is k- kind of, I would say it's amplified um, narcissistic behaviors because it's like those behaviors on top of um, on top of the manipulation and the inability to take responsibility for your actions. These individuals uh, behave dramatically or inappropriately to get attention. And so... They're lumped together with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality, and narcissistic personality. Mm-hmm. All of them together. Yeah, Can that's you... the, a cluster together. And the cluster is called cluster B, and it's dramatic and erratic behavior. Could you imagine if you had all four of those? No. I could even imagine being a narcissist. I can't but that's because I am an empath and I am have so much empathy like you know when my kids or even Mr. Generous is having a bad day or they're down like I feel bad that I can't fix it did you just roll I heard you roll your eyes at me just then no I rolled my eyes thinking about the situations that I've had the last couple of days with Bradley oh yeah I haven't even told you about the second situation oh no uh, there was another one yeah oh poop so anyway, so she said that. Can I read you this? Yeah, you can absolutely read it to me. Please. Okay, so histrionic personality disorder characterized by long-standing pattern of attention-seeking behavior, extreme emotionality, wants to be the center of attention in any group of people, feel uncomfortable when they are not the center of attention, and have difficulty when people aren't focused exclusively on them. <laughs> so this is what she said. Did you just die? <laughs> okay, so she said, um, this says a psychologist, but um, Dr. Curry is her name. Mm-hmm. And she was so on point that like they would ask her questions and she would immediately answer. Like she had done the research. Like she had done her research and mm-hmm. she knew what she was she talking about. She also interviewed Amber. So um, she said that, uh, she had histrionic personality disorder characterized by dramatic attention-seeking behaviors. My dog stepped on a bee. <laughs> what? My dog stepped on a bee. Oh, my God. That meme? Like, <laughs> holy mother of Moses. Holy cow. Um, she, the way that she moved her face was so <laughs> weird. You could tell she was trying so hard to cry. Oh, it's so weird. Um, and so I guess the condition is far more diagnosed in women and the label can perpetuate sexist stereotypes. Well, another thing it says in the DSM is that it's, um, interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate sexual seductive or provocative behavior. Hmm. Interesting. So I bet they're called sluts a lot. That's a lot of slut shaming. Oh yeah, I bet. I bet it is a lot of provocative behavior because there's a lot of attention that you get from that kind of behavior. Right. So anyway, Dr. Curry was a fabulous expert witness. But aside from the weird way that they hired her, like 
she was really good. And she talked about how she wasn't on anybody's side. Her job is to fact-find, which is what our job is as an expert expert witness. witness. That's what an expert witness is. Even if I'm hired, it doesn't matter who I'm hired by. um, You're a fact-finder, and you testify to the facts. So, okay. So, the next one was um, the doorman from their building, and he was hysterical. So his name is Alejandro Romero, did not want to be testifying in this case. He, he was like, fuck all of you. He he was vaping on, on film. No, he was uh, on video. He was in his car. He was in his car answering questions. And he was vaping. And then he started driving his car while he was on this video testimony. Yes, that's what it looks oh like. So... <laughs> He just talked about a time when he was called um, up to the apartment for a suspected intruder, but he said it was probably just a dog scratching on the door. Which I'm like, was this outside? Like, it's a condo? Does that mean it's inside? Like, I don't know, like, the intricacies of it, but he was like, this is stupid. I don't want to be doing this. Columbia. Eastern Columbia. So the judge, after his testimony, was sitting on the stand. She took her glasses off. She sat them down, and she went, that's a first for me. Like, she was stunned. People were laughing on the stand at this guy. So, yeah, he was quite the talk of... Looks like this is a... Um, no, all the condos are probably inside. Inside. That's what I was thinking, too, oh, was that they were inside. So, I wonder if... I don't know. It was, she talked about how it was a dog scratching on the door. A dog probably got out. And yeah. Was, like, running So. Um, 19 is Terrence Doherty. He was also pre-recorded to discuss the op-ed, um, which is the whole reason we were there for this whole trial. He was the uh, CEO. Yeah, because of that 2018 Mm op-ed. Um, he's the CEO, uh, at American Civil Liberties Union. And so he said that his company was involved with conceiving, drafting, and placing in the Washington Post the op-ed. And so he said that the whole goal was for Amber to capitalize on the campaign for her upcoming movie, Aquaman. And so I think what they're talking about the the campaign was, you know, she was she was called an ambassador for women's what, rights. Yeah, um, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> and so she wanted to capitalize on this um, op-ed for that. Cool. So next was Johnny Depp's manager, Jack Wingham. He discussed the financial damage to um, the because of the op-ed. So previously, Johnny was paid for the his previous three movies thirty three point five million dollars, and um, was in talks with um, Pirates for Pirates Six for twenty two and a half million, um, which ultimately had been canceled at the time. Which is so sad. I love pirates. I think they're talking about bringing it back after all of this. I mean, of course they are. Um, Okay, so then there was Richard Marks. He um, is the founder of Entertainment Law. Richard Marks. Mm -hmm. So he's a lawyer. He looks like a Richard Marks. Okay. He, like, is this white man with, like, gray hair. Like, uh, he looks like a Richard Marks for sure. I'm not really sure what a Richard Marks looked like, but he looks like one. Did you look him up? No, I was looking up Richard Marks because I was thinking that's a singer. Hang on. And it is a singer. What number are we on? Oh, oh we're almost there. We're almost okay, there. I don't right know. here. I have to pee really bad, though. 
Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. he looks like a villain. <laughs> so he's the founder of Entertainment Law, and his job was to discuss how the op-ed, op-ed created a cancel culture for Johnny Depp and harmed his reputation and his ability to get any work. Um, and he did a good job of it because he talked very intently about how Johnny didn't get any work after this um, and how it really, really ruined his career. Then there was Douglas Banya, the founder of Intellectual Property Consulting Firm, and he discussed how Johnny Depp was perceived by the media and public following the domestic abuse accusations. Um, and so in... 2016, uh, and then when the op-ed came out in 2018. So 2016 was the divorce with all of the abuse allegations, and then in 2018 when the op-ed came out. And he called it devastating to Johnny's career. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of yes. course it was. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're on 23. We're getting close. Okay, I have to pee really There's bad. like 29. <laughs> okay, can we, can we pause for yeah. two seconds so I can pee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you pause it already? No. Oh. I haven't paused it yet, but... I guess I can pause it. Um, well, you were about to walk away. 23. Aaron uh, Filati. I think that's how you say it. Filati. F-A-L-A-T-I. Filatio. <gasps> oh, yeah. That was Filati. It would be Filatio, but no. Filati. Because the O. I'm not going to know. I'm just, I, don't, I can't even see it. I'm just <laughs> making words. <laughs> okay, so this was Amber Heard's personal nurse. And she was in a pre-recorded deposition as well. She testified for Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these are still all Johnny's yeah. witnesses. I was just reminding everybody. Oh. <laughs> and myself. <laughs> okay. So she discussed Amber Heard's history of anxiety and substance abuse. And then she talked about how Amber had, like, opened up to her, had discussions um, about her bipolar disorder, ADHD, eating disorders, anxiety, codependency issues, and occasional insomnia. Same. What is the codependency? Same. Same. Um, And then she talked about how Amber Heard said she was jealous when she was away from Johnny in 2014 and 2015. And she talked about her drug use at Coachella, which um, was in May of 2016. Um, And then December of 2015, uh, they, during a home visit, she noted visible bright red blood appearing at the center of Amber's lower lip. Um, and that was a result of an altercation with Johnny. How can she be talking about this? What is it? HIPAA. You can subpoena somebody's records. Yeah, you could subpoena their records. Did they subpoena the records? They had to have for her to testify. I knew you were going to ask that question. But why can she say... Why can she testify to what Amber said to her? Because any... It's medical exception to hearsay. Exactly. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Did they hearsay this one? <laughs> Did they hearsay it like 42 times? And you were like, is... you're like, fucking time out. It's medical <laughs> exception to hearsay, yeah. you fuckers. Yeah, yeah. Because they did... Um, Johnny's team had to... Did you see that one time where Camille was... She like literally shook her head and then pushed the button and was like, objection, your honor, hearsay, leading. And like, it was like three different ones. It was like, it was awful. So that's why she could testify to it. Because I'm sure that they subpoenaed the records and then also um, the medical exception to hearsay. 24, the 24th... um, Witness was Michael Spindler. He was a forensic accountant. Um, He concluded... Fuck. Gross. 
He concluded <laughs> that Johnny Depp lost approximately $40 million from all of this. Oh, because of the loss of the yeah. revenue. So then there was their celebrity divorce attorney, Laura Wasser, who represented Johnny in their divorce and discussed um, Amber Heard filing the restraining order in 2016 and that before she filed that restraining order, Johnny's attorneys had sent over a letter with demands in it. And then there was Christian Carino. Um, he's a talent agent. He reported that Amber Heard spent time with her quote-unquote future boyfriend, Elon Musk, in 2016 while she was trying to fix things with Johnny. 27 was Edward White, Johnny Depp's business manager, and he testified that 2016 was rough for Johnny, and he encouraged him to sell off property and reduce expenses because of the loss of income. He discussed Amber Heard's demands in the divorce and said that they started at $4 million and continually increased and just got worse. And that all of it um, was to be paid to her tax-free. So, in the divorce, she got a certain amount of money and it was all tax-free. And she, $13 million, she reported 13. that she was going to donate all of all that of money. Right? And as of right now, Miss Heard, have you donated your... Do you know what she said? I pledged it. I pledged it. Yeah, I pledged it. Yeah. Right. She said, have you donated it? And she said, I pledged it. And they said, Miss Heard, pledged and donated are two different things. Mm -hmm. Have you given the money? And she had to say no that she hadn't at that time. So, um, again. Mm -hmm. So then 28 was Starling Jenkins III, who hit was Johnny Depp's personal chauffeur. Starling Jenkins III. (laughs) And Johnny Depp's one of his security guards. So he drove Amber and her friends to Coachella. And on that drive, they discussed the whole poop in the bed situation. Where Amber admitted to it was a... um, what is a horrible practical joke gone wrong um, and admitted to pooping in the bed. How is that not hearsay? I don't know. He legitimately heard them talking about it. That's She told him. She, she told said him. it to him. Oh, yes. Okay. I was like, that's she said fucking it to him. hearsay. They were having a conversation. Oh, okay. So it's not hearsay. Um, and so she told him about the surprise that she left in Johnny's bed is what she said. So, um, and if you see, like, during that same time frame, there's a picture out there going around of Johnny passed out with ice cream that she had taken of him, um, and then posted it to social media, and he was passed out, and there was, like, ice cream in his hand or something. It was melted all over his, his legs. Like, I, could you imagine how embarrassing, you know, like, you're sober now, those are things that you have to deal with, and I'm sure that's part of the sobriety, you know, thing, but... Like, having to look at pictures like that over and over, like, I don't know. Okay, well, what was that, 27? 28. 28. We're on the last one. 29. Who was the star of the show (laughs) besides Johnny? Jason Momoa. He was the... No, Jason Momoa did not get on this I know. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, uh, he was a Scottish bodyguard. I don't know if you saw any of this. I didn't see any of it. He had everyone in the room rolling. He oh. was that funny. Everyone in the room was laughing. And so... Um, Who is it? What's his name? The, uh, Malcolm Connolly. I don't think I said that. You didn't. Malcolm Connolly. This was the last witness before Amber's team uh, went on. 
So um, he discussed the change in Amber Heard and Johnny Depp's relationship, saying Johnny went from happy to quiet and Amber became more dominant and demanding. Quote, Amber started to change. Amber started getting a bit more feisty, demanding. Could you imagine that in a Scottish accent? Ooh, I just want to play it right now. <laughs> we just played this part right now. You like that. I love Scottish accents. <laughs> Scottish and Irish. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> That's funny. And then he said, I could see that Amber wanted to wear the pants in this relationship. That was pretty obvious. So that was all of his um, his witnesses. And, you know, when you watch the body language of each individual, they talked a lot about body language. And there was a detective on TikTok that talked a lot about body language and how when Johnny Depp was testifying, he would describe things in a way from personal experience where he would describe it where he was in the moment and then when amber would describe things she would describe it from the outside looking in as if it wasn't happening to her and so that's how one of the ways that they could tell that people are being deceiving in a police interview right but also you could tell the difference between how light-hearted things were on johnny's side versus amber's side and I think one of the most endearing things about the trial was at one point um, they asked Johnny if he had done any drugs, any, he had used any substances since he had been sober. And he got this huge smile on his face and he said, no. And I think I talked about this last yeah, time too. Did. Because yeah. it was so endearing. Like he was so proud of himself. Yeah, you know? and he should be. Right. And, um, and then, you know, he... <laughs> He was quite funny on the stand. I have to say, yeah, he was quite Yeah, I mean, what I have seen of him, it was pretty quirky. He was like, no, and you, no, it's still correct. You still said that correctly. Like, Three different times. Yeah, yeah. Like, you are correct for a third time. Yeah. And then at one point, they were talking about the op-ed, and he said, do you see this where it says a certain date? And it was like the 19th, and Johnny was looking at it, and he said, well, this one, or I think they said the 18th or something. And he said, this one says the 19th. So it wasn't the same document. And he was very prepared. You know, he sat, which one of the things that's very difficult to do when you're nervous on the stand, it's easy just to continue to talk and to be nervous and to say too much. You don't want to say too much. He was patient. He listened to the question. He answered the question directly. And then... Um, he had the proper lead up. He had the absolute proper, I don't want to say training. Uh, prep. Prep. He prepped him correctly. He had the absolute proper prep from his team and mm-hmm. whatever team he was working with. He had the absolute best prep because yeah. he did. And one of the things that some people have said is like, she kept answering to the jury. And, like and he I didn't really see him like answer much to the jury you know talk much to the jury although you are supposed to yeah. do that yes and somebody was like throwing a fit out there like oh, why does she keep doing that I'm like well that's how they train us actually like they tell us because you're you're teaching them you're, yeah. you're spe- they're the ones making the decision yeah he he did glance at them every once in a while but I think he was just you know really listening to the questions that they yeah. had because it felt like they were really trying to mislead the things he was saying. And I heard so many times how her team wasn't prepared and how they look like buffoons. And, you know, her lawyer went 
on a morning talk show and after everything had happened and really like it was it was a, a professional athlete that uh-huh. had said the what they player. said he was a football yeah. player and he said you know when we have a really bad game we look at the way that we played not how the other team played and we have to uh, acknowledge that what we did wasn't um wasn't enough to win yeah and and she, she sat back she was just like because she had been she had said several times I mean, she was still like still like she was trying to convince people um but I, I think it's so hard to convince others when amber was she's very difficult to believe and she's a shit witness she is a shit witness she just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked really because when you get up there you just want to answer the questions right and she added in and i really think this would be a great trial to take excerpts from for the the same training yeah that that's do. a really yeah that's a really good idea it you know like she did a great job of talking to the jury which you should do every single time but she did an awful job of just answering the right. question yeah 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 not only that she, i mean she just, she wanted to provide more details and you know when they they talk about like the psychology of lying or whatever how you know there's always extra detail in the lie yeah. instead of just what it is yeah because yeah. you're ha- you're trying to frame it as oh this is it's like people who go in um who murder somebody and they try and make the scene look like it was a robbery mm-hmm. like you're over exaggerating shit that's not right that doesn't happen in a normal robbery yeah. probably because you've never robbed a place before yeah you know what yeah. i mean so like if you just go in and legitimately just take some shit yeah rob the place <laughs> like literally just <laughs> rob the place like, you're gonna get in more trouble for the murder than the robbery i right. promise you like yeah. so, so go steal that shit might and as well just take the fucking else. tv listen we're not telling don't, you please don't how do it. to please commit don't. murder and please robbery don't do but either but God, still. criminals are stupid yeah but anyway um like i said i i don't know i don't feel like i'm team amber or team johnny because this really this trial really devastates me because of the impact of mental illness, because of the impact of abuse um, in the childhood, because of the impact of a toxic relationship. And, you know, I think that, you know, the, the decisions that, sh- that Amber made were, were wrong. She shouldn't have done that. But also, you know, Johnny Depp did engage in, a, in, yeah. in violence and in verbal abuse. And some of the things that he texted her and said to her were very, very hurtful. So... He's not, you know, a lot of people are making him out to be this hero and how he was the victim and, you know, but he, he perpetrated abuse as well. So yeah. it, it was, it was not normal for his behavior. Yes, we learned that, but in this situation, reactive abuse, reactive abuse. Is that what I said earlier? Reacting to the abuse. Is what you said earlier. Reactive abuse. Yeah. yeah. Took you an hour to get there, by the way. <laughs> Told you I'd get there, though. I got there, didn't I? <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, I think this is one crazy-ass fucking trial. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's, it's really difficult to sit... It's actually really easy to sit back and make assumptions and judgments, but... Well, it's always easier to judge other people. Come on. Yeah. 
Definitely. I just went to a weird website. That's not the one that we usually use. It was the National Domestic Violence Coalition. Morgan's still not good at this whole microphone thing, you guys. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Well, we're going to have two, and then it won't matter. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, we always kind of talk about uh, resources for you at the end because it's really important to me that you have resources. So, I about She just burped out loud almost. I'm sorry. Uh, the hotline.org is a national domestic violence hotline. I'm going to give you the phone to it, 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-7233. You, they have a live chat, and they also have um, text. You can text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. These truly are making me burp. Sorry, guys. So, you can chat live any time of day, 24 hours a day. Uh, those are your resources for domestic violence. I think... We, you can find us on social media. Social media. Um, on Instagram, we are Do I Make You Uncomfortable 2015. Facebook is uh, Do I Make You Uncomfortable. Uh, email Do I Make You Uncomfortable at gmail.com. Twitter at Do Uncomfortable. Twitter. Uh, eventually. A new website. We're gonna make a website. Yeah, we, it's well, in we the are works. gonna make a website. It's it's created. Yeah. Mr. Generous created us a yeah. website. Uh, um, yeah. So. Somebody smarter than us created a website for sure. Hey, if you would please go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review, or on. whatever or whatever platform you're listening on, and rate and review us. It helps um, other people engage with us. I think that you know we do sit and talk and laugh and. But some of the stuff that we talk about is really important, and I know that we have little side notes here and there. But um, if you'll go rate and review us so that we can get a little bit of more, a little bit more exposure and listeners, we would love that. Um, you just go to on Apple Podcasts. You just go on to our podcast, click app. on it. Yeah. Um, the purple app, yes. And then scroll all the way to to the bottom on our podcast, and then you can just give us five stars. You can say whatever you want. I mean. We've been called many things. <laughs> lots and lots of things <laughs> throughout our lifetime. So, uh, but other than that, that's it for this time. We'll have uh, Amber Heard's witnesses for next time. Um, I don't apologize for the clickety clack that you can hear of my they're dogs. they're sweet babies. They're so sweet. Um, Kevin's like, I can't get through. What is happening? <laughs> go around, ding dong. Can oh, you not? Oh, yeah, no, there you go. Oh, no, she, she decided against it. <laughs> okay everybody thank you for listening we will see you soon hope you enjoyed okay bye bye